Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Hey everybody, thanks for staying with us through the break. This is Dave Hodges in our guest segment, and you're listening to The Common Sense Show, the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And uh, we are here to preserve our Constitution, or actually I probably should say reclaim it. And we are in a lot of trouble, ladies and gentlemen, so we're getting the best of guests on. And we have uh, John Whitehead from the Rutherford Institute, and I have to tell you... Um, if we want a go-to guy for constitutional liberties and how we should be conducting our legal affairs, this is the place to go. Before we join John, I'd like to say that, um, well, first we got to pay some bills, but second of all, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really worried about food supplies. The food, the food supply chain is in trouble. We've lost millions of farmland in the last couple of years because of severe weather. The packing plants are closed down when they should have been kept open by any means necessary. And that's adding up to one thing. We're starting to see food inflation, food shortages. Kamala Harris is threatening to, to limit how much meat we get as if she's going to be the president. Oh, excuse me. She might be. And we need to worry about food preparation, food storage. So at MPS, we are offering $100 off the four-week package. And if you're behind, you're deficient in your food uh, supplies, you could order multiple sets. And every time you do, you save $100 on each set. It's the best deal out there for restaurant quality, 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. Also, just want to remind everybody that uh, we have launched, or have been launched, I guess, for about two months now, our TV show, and uh, it's setting records, according to Roku and all the rest. So we'd encourage you to go to the thecommonsenseshow.tv, and for less than a cup of coffee a month, you can subscribe to everything that we're doing there. Uh, I don't think our guest uh, John Whitehead needs any introduction. He's everywhere and anywhere. I don't, I don't get on the net any day without seeing something that he has written. Uh, he is talking about. Um, he is uh, the director of the Rutherford Institute, which has done yeoman's work in protecting things like civil liberties, our, in particular our religious rights, that have been trampled upon largely by Democratic governors and mayors. And today we're going to talk about the election, the stacking of the election, the cheating, the subterfuge of the election. John, welcome to the show. So glad you could join us. Thanks for being with us. And uh, my goodness, we have an uphill battle till November 3rd, don't we? Yes, we do, because uh, most people really don't understand the true facts behind what we call the government. We want to talk a bit about that. But uh, I've uh, been suing in and out of Washington, D.C. for 40 years. It's, uh, I would say, one of the most corrupt environments I've ever been involved in. I was uh, Paul Jones' lawyer in the, versus Bill Clinton, and that was one of the first times I saw how close up and what it was really like there. And I talked to a lot of former NSA agents and a few FBI agents who talked to me, and the things they told me kind of blew my mind. But the point was is that uh, what you see on the, the news, the main, so-called mainstream media, what you hear here and there about when you call it the government, it's not what you really think it is. And probably the most uh, adequate phrase that I've seen, and most people, again, I don't think have researched what it means, is the uh, deep state, which runs everything uh, in this country and is connected around the world. 
Yeah. The, you know, you're right. About the deep state, and it's funny you'd say that about the, around the world. I just did a podcast a couple of weeks ago on the Chinese deep state and how they're trying to force uh, Xi Jinping into World War III. Uh, we see it in the UK. We see it definitely in Australia. My gosh, it's just, is it one central element that you think comprises this international deep state? Well, uh, most people don't realize, you know, the NSA, the National Security Agency, which was uh, when Edward Snowden came out and a few others and exposed what they were really doing, uh, it has bases all over the world. It's totally connected around the planet with their surveillance. Uh, they watch everything. And they meet annually with 17 countries across the world, the big ones. The NSA does. Uh, on certain issues, we don't know what. It's all secret. But they, they do meet annually and uh, put together their plans. And so a lot of what you see today, I mean, we, we're, uh, we moved into a global state, uh, I think, many years ago, to be, in my opinion. Uh, we just don't, uh, when you hear the talk about America or China, whatever, we're going to fight China, we hate China. <laughs> I hear those things, but when I go to the store, I can't buy anything that's not made in China. So I often said if I wanted to paint a picture of America, I'd just put made in China. So you have to be careful about the rhetoric. The rhetoric that you hear from politicians, like I always say, how do you know when a politician's lying, when their mouths are moving? <laughs> and that's, that's what you need to get in your head. It's what James Madison said, the fellow who wrote our Bill of Rights, which most Americans, by the way, I'm shocked that don't know what's in it. It's only 462 words, the Bill of Rights. But he said we ought to mistrust all those in power. Well, we should. And we're yep. getting definitive proof of that now. Now, you, you recently wrote something where you talked about uh, how we, the people, are going to lose in the upcoming election. Can you address that? Well, we always lose. I mean, people think, well, this president's changing, this president. I mean, I talked to Democrats and thought Obama was changing everything, and now Republicans, Trump's changing everything. But when I look at the facts of what's really going on, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, just totally shocking in many ways because— the same thing is going on. The American police state, the more militarized equipment is being given to police today. Uh, 80,000 SWAT, uh, SWAT raids in American homes, 80,000 annually. That continues. Everything continues the same. The surveillance state. But the surveillance state is going to get worse. I mean, and we're moving toward artificial intelligence, which we should talk a little bit about it. But uh, the, the Trump administration just awarded uh, 20 almost $23 billion to seven major corporations that develop artificial intelligence devices, or words, robotic devices, on our phones, smartphone apps, um, bracelets, chips, everything, so we can be tracked now wherever we go because of a supposed the COVID, the COVID crisis. But that's all moving forward. I mean, you have seven major corporations around the world working with the Trump administration now and developing these products through the Trump administration's Harper program, which is aimed at developing surveillance devices. So we've moved from uh, a total surveillance state to a total biosecurity surveillance state now. And I mean, you have uh, Elon Musk now has developed a Neuralink which can fit in your skull and connect you to the, 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 your computer system. What we're facing and uh, what's coming with all this that we're seeing, and it's, it's the same under every administration. It progresses. Uh, and that's what I'm, the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, we're run by a, a, somebody we don't really know who they are exactly most of the time. And there was a Princeton University study with Northwestern University, and they came out in 24, very detailed and very well done. They did 20 years of 
studies of 20 years of policies and laws passed in Washington, D.C., the professors came to the conclusion that we live in a, a, a oligarchic government run by a money elite of about 585 billionaires connected with all the 400 federal agencies, the NSA, the CIA. We all know the CIA, the FBI. If you read any of my books, Battlefield America or Government of Wolves, I go into how corrupt these groups have always been. They, they do surveillance on everybody. Now you have Google giving over, folks, giving over every time you say the, oh, the wrong word to the police so you can be watched. If you use the word gun or, you know, uh, whatever you want to use, you know, it, 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 you can you're going to get in trouble. So they're watching everything we're doing, and they're setting us up for predictive policing, which will be done by a robotic state. But that's all going the same. It'll, it'll zoom. It's going to zoom when, when uh, Biden, if Biden gets in office to Kamala Harris, it'll be the same, folks. Those people that we're talking about, they're kind of like puppets, mainly your, your politicians out there. And uh, if you don't believe that, then you're believing in a false religion, in my opinion, called and government. Yeah, it, 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 that's really well put. Um, your your assertion that this, uh, I'm trying to think of the phrase you use, biometric police state surveillance. Biosecurity surveillance state. Okay. How is that worse than what we're moving out of? Well, we're not moving out of anything. We're just moving into more is what I'm trying to say. With this, I mean, with actual chips in your body, uh, tattoos that are going to give information, neural links going into the skull. Uh, they developed uh, all kinds of, I mean, DARPA, the, the big agency that does all this stuff for the Pentagon, very dark, very secret, but works again with major corporations like Microsoft, IBM, going down the list. Uh, and they have billion dollar contracts with the government to develop all these super technological things, robotic dogs now in some states. The police are using robotic dogs to go to people's doors. They have the Rex 84 robot, which can take the streets at any time. Elon Musk from Tulsa, and he, this is a quote, he says, I've been trying to warn people for years, but they're not going to realize it or see it until the robots come down the street at them. And so we're on the tip of that, really thoroughly. I mean, Google says by 2030, uh, it's called the doctrine of singularity. Uh, the human mind is going to fuse with the uh, internet. And so right. what are we, we become extensions then? In other words, Originally, technologies were extensions of us people. Now we're going to become extensions of the technology. And what I'm saying is that's all going through every government and increases through every government. It keeps moving, it keeps moving, it gets worse, it gets worse. And to the point now where I think human, humans are going to be extinct at a certain point in time. No doubt. Unless, yeah. unless there's a cataclysmic atomic bomb or whatever they set off that, that would interfere with that, but they have too much money into it. China, Russia, all of them have so much at stake here. And again, the basic theme behind government is for the average person, they want our energy and our money. That's basically all they want. And we're not seen as uh, individuals of worth and dignity like we used to be seen uh, in early America. I mean, the government that was established in early in America was based on Judeo-Christian principles of you know, try to work with your neighbor, you know, govern yourselves was the theme. Govern yourselves. Today, and here's the thing, and when you go to the schools today, uh, the education systems, kids are being basically taught, you know, this is fine, you know, rely on the government. But I always say, if you read the Constitution, the first three words are we the people. We are the government, but we're not taught that. We're not taught our rights 
And you were said freedoms are going away. Well, one thing way freedoms are going away is, is because the schools don't teach them anymore. I talk to law students who can't tell me what's in the First Amendment. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you said something that I don't want to gloss over because it's something I've addressed with regard to the potential for humans going extinct. We now have robots that can write their own missions and rewrite their own missions. And, and, and so it won't be long until robots are creating robots and with advanced generations, they won't have anything in common with humans. But do you consider the transhumanism component where man is melded with machine? And so you basically will have two species on this planet, the transhumanists and the AI? Basically so, yeah, and that's transhumanism is what I'm talking about. It's the doctrine of singularity. Mm -hmm. It's the transhumanists are pushing it through Google, and they're predicting by 2029 it will be in effect, or maybe earlier. And I'll be honest with you, I think it will be earlier. But, yeah, the point is, and again, there were people in the past predicted all of this stuff, especially your sci-fi writers saw it coming. You know, sooner or later we were going to fuse with machines, and here's the key. You know, what saved the human race basically is empathy and care for one another's people, but... When I look around our society today, there's little empathy and care for others. I don't see it in the religions. I don't see it anywhere, people reaching out to others. Let's help our neighbor. Let's be friends. Let's not burn down their stores. Let's not be violent and crazy. Let's uh, have, if we're going to do protests, let's do it peaceful. Uh, and let's do it for the rights of all people. I don't hear any of that anymore. That's all gone, you know. And people who, who push those kind of doctrines, like Martin Luther King, whenever got a bullet through the head. But... A hollow point bullet, by the way. Interesting. Uh, that is very well. King, uh, Bobby Kennedy, and John Kennedy too. All, all, all from the same Kennedy, background. Bobby, yeah. Bobby, John F. Kennedy's biggest mistake is when he said he wanted to tear the CIA up and toss it to the winds. And when he said that, I mean, you could have put him, you could put him away. I mean, even I just saw some interview with some of his family, and they're all sitting around saying, "Yeah, the CIA killed." Uh, John F. Kennedy, they're the ones saying it, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory, this is his family who believes it, but uh, yeah, I think if you're a real threat to the deep state, they won't let you hang around too long, no, and uh, again, history shows that, and they have a, they don't, again, I don't, the way they view us as a, a people, you know, they don't view us as people, they view us as data bits, something to drain of energy, something to get our money for, and you know, if you don't, people tell me, you know, I own this or own that. I tell them you don't own anything. What do you own? And they say our home. You can't get your deed to your own home, you know. They keep the deed. And if you don't pay some, your taxes right away, they come take your home. So what do you really own in the end if you make the wrong mistake? No, you really people don't. don't. That, that That's an excellent point. Uh, and we're being dehumanized by the moment. I have a friend named Vance Davis. He's former NSA and he was assigned to NATO. And in 1993, when he left that organization, um, he and I became friends, fast friends. And Vance told me, he didn't use the word transhumanism because it wasn't in vogue, but he told me there's gonna come a day when we are going to basically um, go the transhumanist route and human beings will be exterminated. And I said, exterminated by who? He said, by what? He said, by artificial intelligence. And he used that term in 1993, 27 years ago. And so let me jump to, to another point I think you're, you're on. Uh, the UK is considering paying people not working 67% of their salary. Now I'm gonna go back to my old days as a, a sociology 101 instructor from years and years ago. 
and I used to teach about Fabian socialism from Herbert Spencer that if you didn't put more into society their belief was you should be done away with are we setting up through Fabian socialism kind of uh, philosophies to rid the planet of human beings and and universal basic income is an intermediary step to that goal I don't know what the uh, political philosophy is I do know what the uh, so-called scientific philosophy is uh, and it's the idea that uh, human beings are basically uh, antique to a certain degree and which is true if you if you line it up against uh, what's on the internet and totally and what they're doing is though and again they're quartering us is like I'm saying they're, they're turning us into people that uh, we would never have been if it hadn't been for all the things you're seeing through artificial intelligence, but also how we're being taught. And then when you have people like Facebook, if you say the wrong word, it goes back to the key to, the key to staying of human being, in my, point, my opinion, is being able to think. Uh, and Orwell said it best in one of his quotes, is that you're not really conscious until you rebel. Uh, and then you become conscious. Uh, and we're teaching people today just to march in lockstep with whatever is out there, whatever philosophy. And if you don't agree with something like a statue or something, everything has to be eliminated. We can't debate. We can't think. And what they're teaching us is, is that we don't really need to think. We just need to take what they say to be the facts of history. And with a virtual education now, which is going to, in my opinion, probably going to grow because I believe they do like to have us quartered in areas where they can watch us very, very carefully. Uh, with all that, I mean, you're going to have, again, the robotics teaching kids everything they know eventually. And that's the, that's the direction it's moving. I mean, all you have to do is do research, uh, go to some of my, my writings and books where we write about that. But uh, that's definitely happening. And I don't think that human beings are valued. It, when you move into the artificial intelligence world, it's whatever's going to be most efficient. And again, being a human is not the most efficient thing, and that's basically where I think where we're at. Yeah, this dehumanization too. I mean, I think uh, it's one of the most uh, outstanding traits from the lockdowns. We've got the World Health Organization, at least the European division of it, calling for an end to the lockdowns. We've had a prominent doctor out of Stanford this morning call for the end of the lockdowns. One of the senior health officials in Australia resigned over the same thing. Yet we continue. I mean, we have we're kicking people off planes for removing their face masks to eat. Uh, Newsom in California wants people to uh, have their mask on between bites. Is is this some kind of symbolic uh, enslavement that's going on, that's entrapping us psychologically to make us conform to what's coming? If you go back and study history, what whenever there's a crisis. The thing the government does best at, and these are the people who gain from it, <clears throat> is um, they take a crisis and they, they move it forward. You have the crisis, you have the reaction, and then you have the solution. Right. And that's government operates. I mean, when, I, you know, when I'm talking to government, I'm talking to all the people, the money behind government. And uh, that's what runs government. And it really runs it well in the United States, by the way, and gets away with it. So, but. That's what you're dealing with, basically. You're dealing with people who have no conscience. Uh, there was a recent study out of SMU that studied psychopathic behavior in the United States and where it congregated, basically, trying to figure out what cities. The professors came to the conclusion, it's a, it's a decent study, it's kind of scary, but it came to the conclusion that the psychopathic personalities congregate in Washington, D.C. 
And so if you study, what, what is a psychopath? A psychopath is someone who has no empathy, nasty, mean, can be a darling and a sweetheart on the media and, and get people to follow, but has actually no empathy or care about the average person. So when you have the, uh, the top 10 uh, most richest men in America during this COVID crisis have increased their wealth to $283 billion. You have people starving, looking for money, needing housing. And what are these rich people doing? They pocket the money. They're not donating it to the poor or the homeless. But can you imagine that? How would they make $283 billion during this time? While everybody else, I mean, I, I talk to people who are losing their jobs, families, and these people, you know, you're talking about Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, and down the, the, the path. They increase their wealth tremendously during these times. They know how to make the money. They anticipate. And that's, and that's how they rule. And we, the people, down at the bottom of the ladder, and most of us are down at the bottom of the ladder, and more of us are moving down at the bottom of the ladder, we're just there to be stepped on when it's time. And they'll do it. They don't really care. I mean, population control, whatever you might want to call it, that's what's happening and what we're seeing is they use the crisis and they, they ram it down your throat. They gain more power and move forward in their lives, never looking over their shoulder to see what's happened to the rest of us. Yeah, they, they really, do. Well, again, we're back to the dehumanizing and you mentioned it with the lack of empathy. That, that's absolutely true. There was a study that I used to cite to my psychology students that, uh, oh, I don't remember the rates, but I'll be close. The general population, about 3% of the general population has what they call antisocial personality disorder, which is a combination of the old psychopathic and sociopathic uh, personality. And uh, it was 6% uh, of corporate CEOs and 12% of Congress. <laughs> so I have seen what you just mentioned in the professional peer-reviewed literature before. Um, the other thing I want to ask you about, too, is, is, is maybe it's my paranoia because I'm a Christian, but it seems like the lockdowns, especially from Democratic governors and mayors, are uh, decisively anti-Christian above anti-anything else. That has nothing to do with the spread of the virus, but they have these mandates that limit religious practice. Yeah, and we've taken on a number of cases, just crazy cases. There have been a number of crazy cases out there. Um, uh, you know, we had a case up in New York where our pastor was actually conducting his church services uh, with a cell phone while 17 cars sat in the parking lot. People were in their cars. They, they said he was violating the so-called standards for wow. social distancing and all that. And we stepped in and helped with that. We've helped with a number of cases like that around the country. And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, well, it's another thing. They don't, religion is just another thing that falls in their slot to be, moved on like everything else. They don't see it anything special unless, unless, by the way, you may be a powerful congregation with a lot of folks that can vote. And that that's at the point that they will that they will back off, in my opinion. I no, think it's all about votes, it's all about money, it's all about control. You know, and, and if you study Congress, the average congressman spends three days a week raising money. These are people we're paying with our taxpayer money. And uh, they're raising money all the time. And these people up there in Washington, D.C., I mean, the billionaires giving money to both parties. And Warren Zuckerberg in the White House last October for meetings with Trump right before the COVID outbreak. And they wouldn't say what he was in the White House meeting with Trump about. 
I mean, you and I can't go meet with Trump. I mean, we knock on the door up there, they'll you get arrested. So the, people grow up. I'm trying to get people to see this. Hey, wake up. I'm yelling from the top of the cliff here. L listen, folks, this is not the government you think it is. No, it's not. And you said you're a Christian. Well, you know, the early uh, documents that we see, I mean, the, the two or three of the founding fathers said that the... Uh, the, the Constitution, the bill, all that stuff was written for our religious people, people that would govern themselves, that would have their, and that was the key, we would govern ourselves. And that's what James Madison said, by the way, the author of the Bill of Rights. He said, we're staking our whole future that people will govern themselves and not let some outside group come in and govern. And, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson warned, by the way, in one of his letters, he says, listen, the, the businessman's only loyalty is the soil he's standing on. That's Thomas Jefferson before the large corporations came in and take over the government. I mean, Google, Facebook, all these people are part of the government, folks. They're doing, I mean, Google's taking down millions, I mean, excuse me, Facebook's taking down millions of sites where they don't agree with COVID or some other thing that they consider they don't like it, and they're taking it down. I mean, they're destroying free speech in this country. Again, it's something we've talked about. And with little uprising, by the way, from the so-called American people. What do you think accounts for that? The, you know, I was speaking with Steve Quayle in an interview two days ago, and we both expressed the belief that our number one frustration is we can have the best documentation to show you how your rights are being trampled, and people just ho-hum, gloss over it, and move on to the next thing in their life and don't pay attention. Because they're lazy and not well-educated. I mean, if, if the education system was actually teaching people, hey, here are your Bill of Rights. Don't let government agents uh, do surveillance on you without a warrant. And you talk to most people, they don't get that. Uh, you have a right to peacefully assemble, petition the government for redress agreements. You have the right to free speech, religion, all these things. Uh, the, the government doesn't have a right to be in your home with stormtroops like the SWAT team raids are doing. All those things. They're not taught any of that. And the educational system, I keep coming back to that, is a large part of this, but who runs the educational system? The Democrats, the the, well, the Democrats do, specifically. <laughs> the NEA, well, it's interesting, the NEA, they uh, each one of their state chapters puts out their own specific newsletter, and in all 50 states, as far as I could determine, they didn't recommend anyone to be elected that was not a Democrat. Well, there you go. But the point is, is that I'm not sure, to be honest with you, either side was in there. I'm just... Uh, to the point where, and again, I use the word government loosely. Government means the the, the oligarchic money yeah. elite, and they want control. And you don't want a bunch of rebels out there. You don't want a Martin Luther King who was said he was going to shut Washington D.C. down peacefully. By the way, uh, you, you you don't get that. Or or Kennedy saying he's going to get rid of the CIA. Which boy, you don't you, you can't get rid of the CIA. The CIA runs helps run the government, the deep state. Uh, you make the wrong mistakes, say the wrong words, and you become a possible realistic irritant to them, possibly doing something that could upset their scheme and the what their and their pattern of conduct. They're going to get rid of you, you know. And it's it's uh it's and again we, they're not more, you know again with uh, when you saw with the Jeffrey Epstein scandal all that a lot of these politicians and stuff and millionaires are are doing things that would be hor horrific to the average American. But we're not listening. 
and not seeing it. We, we just tend to believe whatever's said on the mainstream media, which, by the way, all the news you get is run by uh, seven multi-corporations, who, by the way, <laughs> work with the government. They get yeah. government contracts. So we're in a web. I call it the spider's web. And the question we, we're facing is, can is there any way we can control the spider? And that's a very difficult thing. It really is, but I think one of the daggers that could be thrust into the heart of uh, at least the destruction of the First Amendment would be the enforcement of Open Forum Law Section 230. Now, I have a layman's understanding. I'm not an attorney, so I get to ask an attorney this question. Um, can 230 legally stop the censorship of social media, and in your opinion, why isn't it being done if that's true? Well, one reason is not, it, well, it's possibly so depending on uh, court decisions, judges, and stuff like that. The problem with, and what we're seeing, what I see across the board is uh, the, and I call them courts of order. I mean, I've been fighting this for years. I mean, getting judges to make important decisions on most of these issues is very, very difficult, especially knowing their backgrounds. And many, many of them are politicians as well. I call them bureaucrats and rogues, most of them. So it'd be very difficult. I mean, it's always difficult. When you got something like Facebook now setting up their own Supreme Court, we're representing several people who have been taken off of Facebook. But it's just getting into the courts, the long haul, getting to the Supreme Court, and getting the Supreme Court to deny you certiorari and you can't hear a case. So it's very, very difficult. The only thing that's going to change things, in my opinion, is the original idea was with, with the founding of this country is government government would be from bottom up it would be from we the people up it's been reversed it's we the people it's the, we the government down and if we can change that and somehow get everybody uh, many people in this country to get active in their local governments but they're not the average American watches 170 hours of television a month and that's that's what a recent study showed long as you're watching television and mainstream media, you're not going to do anything. I mean, I don't watch television. And the reason I don't is I don't want to be, you know, bong-doogled or whatever you want to call it or <laughs> given the wrong information or have to sit there for hours to hear something intelligent. And we want to be entertained. That's the problem. <clears throat> but if you go back in history, how did the Caesars rule? Through entertainment. Yeah. How did Hitler rule? Through entertainment. And you go back, it's it's... It's in our DNA, to be honest with you. It's going to be very, very difficult to change and, and do it. But, again, there's always been the rebels in society. And like I say, I agree with Orwell. Until you become, you rebel, you're not going to become conscious. Until you think and say, I'm not going to do that. That's really stupid. I, don't, I have a right to free speech. You're not going to tell me I can't say this or say that. I'm going to say what I want to say. And I'm going to say it no matter what. There were great men like Nat Henhoff, an old friend of mine, the great First Amendment advocate and others who said those things and said, we got to keep free speech alive. But you're not going to keep people alive as long as they're sitting and not debating. Debating is the key. Debating, thinking, challenging. But if you, political correctness, you know, is, uh, you know, was it, I got a great quote from George Carlin. He said, political correctness is fascism pretending to be manners. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. We're under a fact rule now that you say the wrong words you can be kicked out of school you point your finger in the wrong way we have cases where little kids do their fingers like a gun on the playground they call the police after them and pull them into the principal's office 
stuff I used to do regularly as a kid. I mean, this has gotten so crazy. You can't say the wrong word. I mean, go to our website at rutherford.org, folks, and see some of the cases we get involved in. If it doesn't bother you, I mean, a kid goes to one case we had, a kid went to the teacher's desk to get a piece of paper, turned his best friend in class, did his finger as a gun. The kid that we represented did a bow and arrow, imaginary bow and arrow, by the way. He was pulled out and, and taken to the principal's office and charged with weapons possession. What? Wait, 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 wait. Weapons possession for an imaginary bow and arrow. Um, who charged Was it the police that charged him? Huh? No, the school cited him, and then we came into the case and backed him off. They actually charged him, and yeah, of course, they were going to turn him over to the police, but the point was we moved in quickly, knocked it back, and it was amazing how the media jumped on that one and said, this is idiotic. <laughs> yeah, and a kid with an imaginary bow and arrow being charged with a weapons possession, but we've had a number of cases like that. We had one kid who drew his uncle who was in Afghanistan on a piece of paper. It was like a three-inch figure. It was a stick figure with a gun. They charged him with weapons possession. It was in Texas. That was years ago. But that, that, what are you teaching kids then? You can't do anything different. You have to be like everybody else. You have to be like those men and women on TV, the perfect models for political correctness. We can't say anything that would upset anyone. Well, then, if you don't, no one's thinking, and they don't want you thinking. Because if you think, you're going to rebel. And they don't want rebels in America anymore. Well, I think the rebel thing is, is, is something that could be debated because I, I think we're going through an old-style Bolshevik revolution right now in the early stages to try to get control of our government. And, and so let me go to that concept. I'm talking about uh, individuals that stand up for their rights, you know, yeah, the basic okay. rights. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, <clears throat> whatever's going on, whatever philosophy is ruling now, but you know that flips back and forth with every president I've seen, basically, and uh, it depends. But again, uh, it depends on who's running the mainstream media, and many of them people have those kind of ideas. Yes, the, the, well, they really do. And and in fact, what I have questioned all along, uh, and some judges have come out and spoken out against this practice. But the uh, pandemic exceptions to the Constitution, and you raised the point earlier about how people who are the oligarchy, the, the business oligarchy, they have greatly increased their wealth through this imaginary crisis, and other people are suffering. Well, that comes down to two terms, essential, non-essential. Your business is not essential. You're not allowed to compete with the essentials that can stay open no matter what the circumstances are health-wise. So my question here is, is that even constitutional to make those designations? <clears throat> Just to give you, I mean, I have problems with the constitutionality of it, but if you look at what the courts decide, uh, clear and present danger. If the government can, well, either give true statistics or manufacture certain statistics, they can. They will go into court and argue <clears throat> that they have a compelling state interest in protecting the general public, and most judges are going to buy it. It depends on the case and how wise the entities are. And I, I argue that, like, with, when that case, the, the New York case we have, where the preacher was out on the, in the parking lot with a cell phone talking to people in cars, very smart, very well done. You can outfox the, the other side and make them, make them look stupid. And, I, again, that's more what people should do, in my opinion, and talk it through. Call people like us at the Rutherford Institute and say, how should we do this? 
And you want again, people always ask me, what is the what is the best constitutional case you can have? I say the one with the best facts. Make the good facts. And you're talking to judges. Judges are human beings. And most of them, to be honest with you, are not the smartest birds on the planet. And uh, if you can argue your case well, sometimes you can win. But in many cases, you know, I, I, it's the Constitution is not what they decide issues on. They decide issues on what their friends think, uh, what their other judges think, and that's how things are decided in America. That's the facts. Yeah, that's really disturbing. That's extremely it's scary and disturbing. You got it. Yeah, and I've said it for years. It's scary and disturbing. Well, it's rule by mandate, not not rule of law by any stretch of the imagination. Here's something else that really bothers me. I'll give you a real specific case. In Kingman, Arizona, where the mayor of Kingman has decided to enforce this uh, uh, paid-for mandate by the governor of Arizona called the CARE Money, and to get the CARE Money, they have to totally lock down their community. So Planet Fitness, a gym, is open in Kingman, and the governor has uh, exceptions to the face mask mandates for asthma, diabetes, obesity, and so forth. So two ladies uh, went to um, Planet Fitness and said, we don't think we should have to wear a face mask based on the governor's mandate. Say, oh, we don't give a damn about the governor. You're wearing a face mask or you don't come in. So they did a CO2 test using OSHA uh, numbers and their oxygen fell below the recommended OSHA levels of 17% when they were on the treadmill. And, and this, if you go long enough, OSHA actually has a chart that shows this can cause seizures. And so they went back to management and says, here are our facts with the, and they videotaped it. Now here are our facts. And they said, no, we have a provision in our contract that says, we'll let you out of your contract, but we're going to charge you this exorbitant rate to get out of it. Um, how legal is what they're doing, um, in, in your opinion? Is this an actionable offense in, in a court of law? It could be. It's a private corporation. If you talk about it being a private corporation, that's a different thing. If it's not a state entity, the Constitution applies only to state entities. You could have a lawsuit, though, depending on what other statutes are on the books in a particular state, yes. Okay. Okay. And those are cases, those would be cases we would look at, yes. Well, John, the other thing that they're, they're doing there, uh, the county has taken on this care money too. So they hold these meetings where none of the sheriff's deputies uh, that are providing security are wearing masks, none of the county commissioners are wearing masks, but three of the people who are protesters, known resistors to, to this mandate, were refused admittance to this public meeting for the county commissioners, and they were told you can't come in because you don't have a mask, even though two of the three have medical exemptions. Now, this is a public entity. Is that a different game than a private business? I think so. You'd have a, a First Amendment case there. And that's what I think too. And, and open and me it, open possibly meetings. Possibly an equal protection of the Fourteenth Amendment as well. Yeah, that's kind of what. I, but they threatened to th throw these people in jail. And it's funny, we're going to throw you in jail for not having a mask, but we're not wearing a mask either. And, it, and, and there's videotapes of this. I mean, it's not, these facts aren't That's even absurd. in dispute. That's absurd. Yeah, and, and, but this is going on all over the country. I agree, and people are putting up with it generally. I mean, they are. Uh, like I said, uh, you create the crisis, you get the reaction, yeah. then you provide the solution. And the government um, yeah. is always more, more control, more power down on the people, yes. Um, is the answer overwhelming the system with lawsuits, uh, getting into the streets with pitchfork? What, what's the answer here? Well, I've said it many times. I, if you want to go back to the model that um, 
was given to us, and James Madison said, he said, we're staking our whole ideas and philosophy that the American people will govern themselves. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. And what he meant by that was bottom-up governance. And what's happened over the years is that uh, Washington, D.C. has taken control. It's the, it, it is the control unit over all the states, and that's been allowed. Uh, under the Tenth Amendment, local bodies can nullify acts of the federal government. Okay, and I've argued that local governments, I've told people set up civil liberties oversight committees in your community, get citizens together, pick your candidates. I'm talking about candidates who will fight for freedom and liberty, get them on the city council, start nullifying some of these things. If you don't like your local police having grenade launchers <laughs> and tanks and things like that, some local communities of 5,000 people, they all have these things now. And you don't like the SWAT team raids. You can stop those, folks. You can just say, that's it. But again, we're not educated. Education precedes action. People need to get educated, need to learn their constitutional rights. You can go to our website. We have a constitution section. Read the articles that we put out and other groups that put out out there. Learn your rights and uh, start taking action. And you can, you can, well, I think we could change the system. I'm not, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. But talking to the average American, I go back to again, they sit, watch, and they're entertained all the time. They don't move. They don't do anything. And at the end of the day, when I'm talking to a lawyer, by the way, and I talked to a lawyer's group a couple of years ago, and I asked them, listen, these are the Harvard, you know, Berkeley types in the room. I asked them, <clears throat> do you think any lawyer in the room can tell me the five freedoms of the First Amendment? Not one told me. Not one would even arise and tell me. They act like they didn't know. And I don't think they did know. Uh, so... That's where we're at. We're, we're a, a kind of a dumbfounded nation because we, we are dumb in the sense that we don't have the educations to do what we need to do. But you can take action. You can get educated. Like I say, read the, the articles, uh, study the books. In my books, I, I set forth 10, 15 steps people can take, and you can do these things. You'll get some resistance. But again, I'll go back and say it again. If you're just sitting and watching, you might as well wait. They'll, sooner or later, you don't realize this, the Department of Homeland Security is doing threat assessments on all American homes. They're watching everything you do. If you own a gun, your threat assessment jumps to red. They can do a SWAT team raid on you, and most of the courts will agree with it. That's where it's at, folks. You're down the road so far. I said we're in the spider's web. Can, can we control the spider? I think we can, but it's going to take us doing it. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, you, listen. People say, well, I'm, my vote is it. I mean, oh, yeah, your vote is it. Really? Is it really your vote it? <laughs> Tell me why your vote is it. Your vote doesn't make sense unless you say that's just one millionth of what I can do. The rest I can do because I will actually go down to the city council meetings. I will get my groups together and set up civil liberties oversight committees with my neighbors and fight all the infringements of our rights. Stop the surveillance of me. You have local police now going, to, going on Facebook and watching people and, and categorizing them and giving them ratings like the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, that violates the Fourth Amendment. They, they shouldn't be doing surveillance on you like that unless they have uh, actual evidence you're on the verge of committing a criminal act. It doesn't, but see, we don't know any of that. We just take it and we don't know what's going on. So I will say education is the basic failure in this country. Well, I would agree, but it's also a two-tiered system of justice. I mean, for the liberals, justice seems to roll right off of them when it comes to the consequences for their behavior. I'll give you an example. If I went on YouTube or any other social media site and did what Keith Overman did, 
you know, the uh, forsaken ESPN reporter now that's taken up the liberal cause on YouTube. And he said that for all Trump supporters, and I'm paraphrasing, we basically should be done away with. We need to be banished from the nation. If I said that, I, I you know, I would, I might even get a, a visit from the police. But I know one thing: I wouldn't, ha I wouldn't have any social media accounts. But this man's back there producing video after video, day after day, of the same thing. I agree. Zuckerberg is taking down since the COVID thing started millions of uh, <clears throat> Facebook posts, people's comments. They're like I say, and you said freedom of speech. Yeah, freedom of speech is the big issue too, as well. As like I say, if we don't have the freedom to rebel and tell the even a, a cop, get lost, man, I didn't do anything wrong, don't be pushing me, those kind of things. You do that today, they smash you down, beat you up, and the courts, that's okay. They got qualified immunity. Do people realize that? Cops have qualified immunity. They can beat the crap out of you, and you can't do anything about it. They may go on leave and come back and work a little later. So. That's the way the system works. It's not a system of equality. And the only way you were going to get equality on any level is speak back. And you can do that, you know, at the local level. You can't defect Washington, D.C. Very, very difficult. If you think voting for president is going to change something, folks, you're out in la la. You're totally out in la la. But you can make a, you can make a difference in your local community, and that's where you need to do it. I don't know if you know this or not, and this is kind of off the beaten path of our discussion, but one of the trends I'm noticing, and in fact, in the community I mentioned, Kingman and also Mojave County, is that people are running for office saying that they're Republicans, but when you look at their background, they belong to organizations <laughs> like the Progressive Alliance. And that, that's that's the mayor of Kingman, uh, Jen Miles. She belonged to the Progressive Alliance. And she's as liberal as a day as long, but she ran as a Republican on a conservative platform. Are you are you seeing that too? Is is a, a kind of a bypass encounter as you as you engage yourself in various cases? I have not seen that yet, but um, like I keep telling people that want to be politicians. Generally, I I've had friends that have gone to be politicians, and I can't stand being around them now because yeah, they I become, hear you. They yeah, become I, different. Exactly. So, well, with regard, I think they would do that. Yes, I do believe they would do that if they <laughs> if they want to be part of the so called government yeah that, that's true if um if we could just for a second here we got a few minutes left um i'm concerned about voter fraud and it's it's already been proven day after day after day there's all kinds of examples with these ballots that are found trashed or or altered or faulty uh, ballots sent out uh, I, I'm really concerned that lawsuits, no matter who wins the popular election or the electoral election, uh, lawsuits are going to paralyze everything, and Nancy Pelosi and her colleagues are going to make the choice on who wins. Um, how do you look at that? Uh, geez, again, I, I don't... <laughs> What was the question again? Asked me. Well, okay. In, in terms of uh, you know the uh, order of law with regard to elections, uh, I, I think that no matter who wins, uh, I think that we're going to see lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, and they'll Probably. tie it up. And we we come to inauguration day, and is it true that at that point the House of Representatives gets to decide who the winner is? They could very well do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, uh, depending on what we're seeing happening right now. But, you know, again, if you look at Pelosi, it, it's a little scary, the people that are running the show. And so what I would say, folks, is if you don't expect something weird to happen, again, you're out in la-la land. Because this is where 
where it will happen. And again, don't trust them. Whatever they're doing, voter fraud. I could, you know, that's going to happen probably across the country. Uh, we're in a, we're in a, we're upside down now. And again, I go back to say, how, can you stop that? Yeah, you can. Get get active in your local can. governments. Yeah. Yes, I I, I agree stop. with you. John, tell us. Uh, hey, Know who the problem is? Look in the mirror, folks. If you're just sitting and watching. <laughs> okay, I'm looking in the mirror often. I, I promise you. And sometimes I I wake up every morning and think I'm not doing enough to educate. Um, very quickly, can you tell us how people can follow your good work? Yeah, you go to rutherford.org. That's rutherford.org. Sign up and get our newsletter. Follow us on Twitter. I do podcasts, all those things, and. Uh, the main reason we have a website in the first place is to educate people. Like I say, my phrase is education precedes action. I, I want to see people get educated, uh, become conscious, and, uh, you know, if you believe in free speech, you're a rebel. Why not be a rebel? Oh, well, I agree. I mean, we're seeing that on college campuses with regard to your First Amendment rights to religion. Uh, no, no question. I notice uh, in the background here you've got a book that you've written called Battlefield America. How do people get a copy of that? Yeah, you can get local bookstores, but mainly uh, Amazon, or you can uh, contact us at the Rutherford Institute, and we can send you a copy. Battlefield America, yeah, the war on the American people. I have, I have an attorney who's very concerned about constitutional issues and takes on things, but there aren't very many of you. Why do you think that's true? And that's the final question. Uh, there's not there's not a lot of money in constitutional law. We're a nonprofit organization. I raise money, and I have I get lawyers to volunteer who believe in constitutional rights. Uh, that that's how we do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do it. So we exist off of donations and pay the legal expenses. But if you go look at our record, we've done thousands of cases. Yeah, you, you do a a great great job. You're doing a great service to the country. We just need a thousand more like you. John, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's always informative when you're on with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Our thanks to John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. And was that sobering enough for you? <laughs> Do you not think that we should all be paying attention? And every time I listen to him, I realize how much worse it really is than we see on the surface. And he is right. And I'm calling on all to please get involved in your local politics, even if it's just a small amount. Maybe you just go make a public comment once a month at a city council meeting, a county commissioner's meeting. But I'm imploring you to get involved, ladies and gentlemen, because we're about ready to lose everything. Everything that you and I take for granted, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, the Fifth Amendment of due process, it's all in danger, and they're going to take all of it away from us. God help us all. Thanks for joining us. Be blessed.